0: With me today, I have Sandra Busby and Tara Roscoe. How are you, girls? Thanks for having us on the show. Great. Yeah, great to be here. Awesome. I'm really happy to have you here. So today we're going to talk about something that I'm very passionate about, and it is creativity. Uh, so I want you guys to please introduce yourselves and tell us what it is that you do.
1: Well, yeah, as you say, I'm Sandra Busby, and I'm a, a still life artist. Um, I'm a, a late bloomer, I suppose. I didn't really start. Painting or drawing seriously until I was in my early thirties, and um, yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of embraced oil painting. I spent a lot of glass um, reflective objects. That's my passion. And um, somewhere along my journey, I met Tara through it was a a podcast that I was on. Somebody was interviewing me on, and I think Tara, you you heard me, didn't you? And you said, "Oh, do you want to come on my podcast?" and yeah, so so I said yes, and we got talking, didn't we, Tara? And um, got talking for quite a long time. Actually, we ended up really, really sort of just clicking. Um, and one thing led to another. We ended up meeting, didn't we? And and sort of um, talking about creativity. And Tara, I'll let Tara talk about this, but she was um, she she lost touch with her creativity, hadn't you, Tara, for a long time? And
2: we started, in some forms, yeah.
1: Yeah. And we kind of started sort of giving each other little creative challenges. And, um, and through that, we kind of uh, formed what we now have, which is Kicking the Creatives. I'm still very much a still life artist, but Kicking the Creatives is my other passion. Um, I don't know if Tara, you want to explain how, how we
2: sort of got going with that? Yeah. I mean, as Sandra said, I, I'm a graphic designer and have been for over 25 years. But through doing that, I used to absolutely love drawing and I completely lost that. I think it's one of those things like when something is your job, it kind of drives out of you somewhat. Um, I met Sandra. We started kind of doing a podcast together and setting ourselves some silly little challenges. And through that, I actually drew again, and we did this little challenge where it was like, does alcohol make you more creative? a slightly bonkers challenge Um, (laughs) where we tested having like uh, three units of alcohol versus having nothing and doing the same tasks. That way, um, and so I drew a bottle, and Sandra drew a bottle, and I thought, actually, I quite like this. I hadn't drawn anything by hand for absolutely years, so that kind of kicked off the idea. Of this how good challenges were, and we've both done little challenges in the past, and we thought, wouldn't it be great if there was somewhere where we could have this one place where people come together, and there'd always be some sort of creative challenge going on? Because I don't know about you, but unless you've got something to drive you, sometimes it's really hard to motivate yourself. To do something and build a habit, without even someone saying, "Oh, come on," you know, urging you along or some theme or something. And so that's basically what happened. We created this website, a podcast, and a group all around this idea of building a creative habit.
0: That's great. And what um, what kind of people uh, do these challenges with you guys? Like, what is it mostly women or mostly men? Uh, what is it that you see in your in in your clients?
1: Well, we have a Facebook group, don't we, Tara? And um, there are, uh, well, everyone is just so different. I would say mostly it tends to be women, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely Tara, women, yeah. Um, but we do have some really lovely guys on there as well. We have um, young people who are just, you know, um, starting out. We have much, much older people, people that have never um, sort of done anything creative before and they've just decided that they want to start. Um but interesting, we got a lot of people, don't we, Tara, who perhaps are struggling with dementia or depression, um, all sorts of things like that. Um, I mean you name it. There it's I couldn't say there was one specific type, could
2: you, Tara? No, and I think what what we do, I think that some groups don't is some groups it's very much about how good you are at art. Mm. Whereas our group is more about just give it a go. You know, see if you enjoy it. There's no There's no, oh, that's not a very good draw. And it's just, oh, you know, well done for having a go. And, you know, as long as you enjoyed it, that's the main thing, that you have fun and it made you feel good doing it. And the levels, the different levels is
1: huge, isn't it? I mean, you've got real beginners and people who are really experienced. And what is lovely, as Tara said, is that everyone's just so supportive. And it just seems that we've been very lucky with the kind of people we've um, attracted, I suppose. Everybody is rooting for everyone else and everyone who's experienced and very skilled seems to remember that they once started at the very very beginning with just, you know, as little confidence as the others have got. And I think that's it's become such a it's like a little family almost, isn't it? I mean it's well over a thousand people now, I think, in the well I say well over, around just over a thousand people, but they're all um We've just been very, very lucky in the kind of people um, who've joined us. I
2: think we definitely get the usual suspects as well who kind of urge people along. You know, you get people who are very, very active. But then we know we've also got people who probably are sitting there in the background and they're maybe listening to the podcast and they're probably doing stuff as well, but they're just
0: maybe don't want to share it or don't feel ready to share it perhaps as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, it happens in all the groups, but I think it's really great that you guys have built this community. It sounds like, you know, like people yeah. really uh, rooting for each other, like you mentioned, Sandra, and also, um, you know, just having fun with it. Basically, it's not like a competition. kind of who makes oh. the best drawing is it's really just having fun.
1: I think a lot of the challenges that we do as well, because we host um, four challenges a month, um, art challenges every month. And a lot of the, we do something called a quick kicks, which is for those people who perhaps haven't got a lot of time, but they still want to create something on a daily basis. And we deliberately make those challenges, um, some of those challenges where, quite honestly, you can't possibly be good. Because, for instance, we do a non-dominant hand challenge where you draw with your you know, left hand if you're, you know, right handed or vice versa. And, and obviously, you know, when you're going to draw with your left hand, if you're a right handed person, it's not going to be a masterpiece. But the, there is also a point to these challenges, you know, I mean, if apparently if you draw with your non-dominant hand, it actually, um, it stimulates the creative side of your brain, it kind of activates it. And we do the upside down drawing challenges where you, you draw from an image that's upside down. And that teaches you to um, look at shapes and angles rather than the label of what it is. You're not trying to think this is a cup. You're thinking, oh, well, there's a, an ellipse, um, there's a you know an arch and all the rest of it. And a lot of these challenges, as I say, you can't be expected to be good. Blind contour drawing, that's another one. These are all great, great exercises for improving your work. But because we're um, we're deliberately making a lot of them like that, people aren't so afraid to share their work because they can say, "Hey, you know, I did a left-handed drawing, or I did a, a single-line contour drawing." Of course, it's not going to be great, but here it is. And you
2: know, even the most skilled artists find those quite tricky sometimes, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it definitely it builds confidence, doesn't it? Because yeah. it's that. Removing all expectation, I think you could call it. And that's half the battle, isn't it? Getting somebody to dare to share,
1: I think. Once you've shared something like that, it almost removes, like you say, that barrier. You've shared something that's really quite funny (laughs) and perhaps not that successful. Mm -hmm. And you realise everyone's just saying, way to go, you know, great job sort of thing. And so you think, oh, well, okay. And slowly but surely, people start sharing more and more. And uh, yeah, it's been really good. It's, been, it's grown very fast. And um, we've had a lot of really lovely messages, haven't we, Tara, from people who have just said, you know, I, I can't believe how, how much I've missed creating um, and, and how much fun it is and how friendly everyone is. And yeah, it's been
0: really great. That sounds great. Now, I'm wondering, what was the purpose when you first started this group? What did you guys think? Um, this was, was, did you thought it was going to become what it is now or did you have a different purpose? No, we set it up basically with the, with
2: the thought that we wanted to make people be more creative. Um, we knew what it had done for us. And so, yeah, that the whole thought behind it was helping people be more creative by giving them something. So there was something all the time going on that they could latch onto, and that would help them build that habit. And eventually, obviously, we'd love to get sponsored or something like that. But the, the big aim is to help people more, be more creative.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was always saying to Tara, you know, I keep seeing these challenges that come up and there's these weird hashtags. And then I, by the time I realize it's an online creative challenge, it's kind of halfway through and I've missed it. So we kind of thought, wouldn't it be great to have a website where you could sort of um, house all of the main online challenges kind of under one umbrella? So I, I kind of liken it to a creative mall. So you might have, you know, we've got links to Ink, the Inktober challenge, a 100-day project, NaNoWriMo, all these different things, um, but also obviously our own um, challenges alongside it. So there's always something. We kind of have a calendar. So you can go on to, um, I don't know, if you went onto the website now and you clicked on September, you'd be able to see in advance all of those challenges coming up. And it gives people time to kind of get all the things they want together and um plan for it a little bit I suppose um so you don't have to be
0: late to the party anymore because I was always late to the party (laughs) (laughs) well I think that that's very helpful um so why do you why do you guys think that creativity and expressing creativity is so important for me I
2: think it's because well some people talk about meditating don't they and when you meditate that's supposed to relax your brain but for me and I think a lot of people when you try and do that these thoughts pop in your head, and it's not as easy as it's made out. But I think when you sit there and you draw something, that period when you're drawing, you can't think about anything else because you're concentrating on your drawing. So it completely, you get in that zone and it completely takes you away from everything else. I think it is kind of a meditative process, whether it's art or music or whatever your thing is. It's that taking you away from it all. And I, I find since I've been drawing, by hand and doing keeping pace, I've definitely been happier. I know that. Uh, yeah, so I can blame Sandra. It's because you met me. So yeah, I mean, and I think oh, if probably if it's it's you know if I'm feeling better for it, no doubt a lot of people might agree for feeling better for it. Hopefully, Sandra's feeling better for it. Like if I'm not driven her nuts, but, yeah. <laughs>
1: I think as well. Um, I really have always felt that it's so important to every. For everybody to have some kind of um, creative outlet or hobby, or it doesn't have to be creative necessarily, but you know, obviously for me, that's that's what I like to do. But whether it's I don't know, fly fishing like my husband does, or or baking, or sewing, or whatever, everybody needs an escape from normal day to day life. Whether that's a non creative job, you know, household chores, it's just it's like your own little escape not not that life's for escaping at all but i think everybody needs something of their own to enjoy and and i'm with tara on the fact that like when i paint or when i draw that's the one time where my brain just switches off um and i don't i'm not thinking about oh i need to be doing this i should be doing that it just all of that goes away and i'm just in the zone and I think that's such a good, fe- a good feeling and it's really good for people's mental health, I think. And yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're feeling happier, then like Tara says, people
2: around you also can only benefit, can't they? Yeah, I think it's really, really weird because you, you hear people talking about, um, and I'm not really into kind of the woo-woo stuff, but you hear people saying about them, somebody's channeling them when they draw stuff or paint stuff. But sometimes you do sit there and draw something, and I don't know if Sandra feels the same about this, but you look at the afterwards, you think, did I just draw that? Yeah. It kind of feels like it's separated from you, which is kind of weird. Almost like when you're driving a car and you get
1: somewhere and you think, oh, I forgot, I didn't, have I gone through there already? (laughs) You know, you kind of zone out and then you realise, you know, oh, I'm there. But the other thing as well I find interesting is how many people are scared to draw because they think well every not so many people don't know they? they say i can't draw I, I i wouldn't know how to draw i can't even draw a, a straight line my answer to that is always you know what's interesting about the straight line for a start um but anyone can draw it's a matter of putting a pencil on a piece of paper and moving it and then you're drawing and it's just with practice that those marks start making sense but it's Being willing to be bad at something and then you can eventually get good at it. But it's just getting past that initial fear. And, you know, I remember when I started years and years ago, I bought a sketchbook and I've spoken about this many times. Tara, you're probably yawning. But, you know, I bought this sketchbook um, when I very first started wanting to draw. And I didn't open it for six months because I was just too scared to spoil the pages And um, now I look back at that and I just laugh because I think, oh, I should have. That was six months of practice I didn't get because I was too worried about what I was going to do. But once I'd started, there was just no stopping me. And Tara, you actually... I was one of these people that went out and bought a a beautiful sketchbook with a posh pen and all the rest of it. Tara, you're one for buying a a sketchbook that costs a pound, aren't you? Yep. Um, Really, really cheapy, whatever. And you just and you don't care, then, do you? Because you're you're not precious about it. No. And um, I think that's that's actually a really good tip for anyone who wants to start: is just buy. Really cheap stuff, <laughs> then, I, and I often find that with myself. My best drawings are often on scrap bits of paper because I'm not thinking, oh, this might spoil my sketchbook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. You're listening to The Honest Upward, a podcast where modern, child free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid free community. You know, it's I hear you guys talk about this. And, and the, the one thought that came to my mind was, you know how when you're a kid, everyone draws, like they give you crayons and a paper and you're just drawing little stick figures and, you know, little houses yeah. and then you have the sun. And, and at some point, it, I don't know what happens. Like some people just continue down that path and develop, you know, their skills since early on. But Many of us, because it also happened to me, we just kind of like stop drawing. And then it's after a while that we take uh, maybe a different creati- creative outlet. But it's just that little, for me, when I'm drawing, it's just going back to that moment when I was a child and I could just, you know, put anything I wanted on that paper.
2: Yeah, I often wonder why that happens. And I don't know if it's because maybe someone encourages you, the people that carry it on you know, whether someone encourages you and you think, oh, I, you know, I might be good at this and keep going, or I'd love to know what caused it. Do you know why you stopped?
0: Mm, not, I mean, not, not exactly because, well, I just remember those drawings and, and then I, my mom, she used to, whatever I told her I wanted to do, she used to like take me to classes of, you know, anything. So I, I went through music, music so music, musical instruments and singing. And I, went through, I also went to art classes. And I remember my teacher, we would do, um, what is it called? Chinese ink, we call it in Spanish. I'm not sure if it's the same Calligraphy, thing. maybe? Calligraphy? No, no. no. It's, um, it's that type of ink and you, you, you use... Um, it's like a sword brush, isn't it? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so I used to do that and then, and then paint it with um, watercolors. And those drawings were all wonky. I just remember them being really wonky. (laughs) (laughs) And at some point I just lost interest, but I'm not, I don't have a memory of anyone telling me, oh, you're not good at this. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, I
1: don't. I have a bit of a theory on this. Um, I think when we're kids, I mean, I I was the same. I I drew all the time and everything I drew, I, thought was brilliant (laughs) because my mum would stick it on the fridge and you know it was like you don't even question yourself do you you'll draw a purple tree and a blue sun and you'll go outside the lines and it doesn't matter it's fantastic in your eyes because you you enjoyed it and you like the fact you give it to your mum and she smiles and says oh that's great work but then somewhere along the line I think you start um, comparing yourself to the other kids Um, And I'm perhaps moving on to when you're getting towards teenagehood, maybe, where you start lacking in confidence and comparing yourself to everybody else. And of course, there's always the person in the class who really can draw really well. And you look at their drawings and you think, well, I can't draw like that. So, you know, I'm embarrassed to draw around that person. And you start feeling like you are just... um, Obviously, not born to draw because somebody else is better than you. But what you don't realise is it's not necessarily they're better than you. It's just that they are different, and that's the whole point of art is is creating something and being different. It doesn't. You don't have to be the same as the other person. And I remember having those feelings. You know, I I was friends with a um a she's still a very good friend of mine, an artist, and she was just one of those people that was. Just drawing all the time, but her her drawings were always so much better than mine in my eyes. And so I just kind of stopped. And it wasn't until, like I say, probably was when I'd gone through all that stage, and you start getting your confidence back, you start realizing who you are again. And actually, there comes a point in your life where you, you don't actually care so much about what other people are doing or whether they're better than you. You just do something because you want to do it, and without that fear, I suppose. I mean, some people, I, I don't think it ever goes away, um, but for me it did. I think it was teenagehood, that's, that's where I stopped because that's when all your confidence crumbles, I think, isn't it? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think when you're an adult uh, as well, when you're a beginner you start drawing again as an adult, probably what you don't realise as a beginner is that someone who is a few years down the line to you will be looking at someone else who's a few years down the line from then Them thinking exactly the same thing as you are, as in they are so much better than me. So that is never completely going to go away. But you just have to realise that you know you are where you are, and if you practice, you will get better. It's not there is no limit to to how good you can get it, and what you class as good as well. Because you'll get people who you look at their work, you might not think they're particularly good, but they're probably making a fortune from their art. And then you'll get someone else who you perhaps think is amazing and they're perhaps selling hardly anything. So it all depends how how you look at it and how you judge it. I think as well is the other thing to remember when people are starting out
1: drawing, if they've stopped um, at some point during their life and they're picking it up again, they have to realize that actually if the last time they picked up a pencil was when they were 12 years old, then the first drawing they produce is probably going to be like a 12 year old drawing and that, and they kind of assume that because they are in their twenties or thirties or forties or fifties, you know, they should have that experience already, but you wouldn't start playing a piano, would you? And think I should be good at this because I'm an adult. You just wouldn't. You would start for some reason you would expect to be bad and have to practice, but I don't know what it is about drawing. I think people are embarrassed if they can't and if it's not very good, it's no different. You can't just pick up a pencil and and be an artist immediately. It does take a lot of practice. Um, but it, it's just getting past that bit where you're like, oh no, this looks like a five year old's drawing it. Well, if that's the last time you drew, then of course it is. It's nothing to be ashamed of. That's just where you're starting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. So I wanted to discuss something else with you guys. And it is that I tell my clients that they should find... A creative outlet. I mean, it could be painting, it could be drawing, it could be anything else, because that helps build self-esteem and self-confidence. And I wanted to have your take on that. I think it builds self-confidence because, well, for me, it's obviously
2: made me feel more confident probably because it's making me happier. And I think if you're happier in yourself, I think that builds confidence in itself. And also I think if you come together with other people who like a similar thing I think that also helps to build you up I don't know if you'd agree with that but if you've got people with similar likes and you know similar ideas to you I think that helps build you up as well
1: yeah I'll agree with that
2: I, I definitely agree with that I think um, for me I think
1: having something that I love to do and I enjoy doing and you know it took a while but then I did start getting you know good at what I did at least I hope so <laughs> Um, and you know, it's something you, you can feel proud of, you know, I did that and other people like it and, and it kind of does give you a a lift and it does make you feel kind of worthy, I suppose, in a way, if you've got something you can offer other people. I'm not talking about just something, oh, well, I'm good at this. So I feel confident. I'm talking about being able to share that with other people. And, and I think that's what's so lovely with our group Tara and I can share what we do with them and and it's lovely to be able to help other people move forward and and lift their confidence as well but like Tara said if you can find a buddy you know somebody you can learn alongside um I think that that builds confidence even more I mean we go out don't we Tara and there were times when we would be like jumping on our sketchbooks if anyone came up behind us thinking, no, don't look, you know, or barely able to show each other because that's how it is when you very first start sketching in public and outside and next to someone. But now, I mean, we've met up a few times. We're due to meet up again soon. And now, you know, it's great because I can just say to, to Tara, oh, look at this, you know, this went so horribly wrong and she'll laugh at it and say never mind move on and then and the same will be the other way around but um and it's great because now people come up to us uh, like we went to Brighton didn't we and there was a few people coming up to us on the beach when we were sketching people and it was such a contrast to a f- even a few months ago where people would come up to us we'd be trying to hide <laughs> hide away and now they're saying oh can we look can we have a look And we're like yeah sure you know have a look it's fine and that is confidence. It's just confidence that at the end of the day, you know, it's just a sketch. It really doesn't matter what anyone thinks. You've enjoyed the process. And, um, yeah, I think, it's like Tara says, just being around other people with similar mindsets, similar hobbies and interests, it kind of helps you be more confident around other people as well, maybe. Do you think?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I say, like you just said, being out with someone else um, – being prepared that if someone does look who cares if they don't like it it doesn't matter uh that i think that is definitely a confidence thing isn't it definitely a far far different when we first went out so we've definitely changed from that way so yeah definitely find a buddy and it doesn't actually matter how
1: experienced you are i mean i've been doing this now for you know i don't know nearly 20 years now and and it doesn't matter how what level you're at in your art wise you're always going to um Make bad drawings occasionally. That's just how it is. You know, you're always going to do something wrong. I think people have this um miss, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They kind of think that just because someone's an artist, that everything they do is effortless and it's automatically going to be great. And that's actually not the case at all. It's
2: because we share. We only share and you only see on Instagram, it tends to be the best stuff. So it's like that false social media thing, isn't it? Where everyone's happy all the time. It's exactly the same with art. You're not going to, if you, usually if you do this terrible thing, you're not going to share it. Exactly. But but you've probably got 10 drawings to the one that you've shared. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That would be interesting, though, you know, to share all the fate, not the, I don't like the world, the word failure, but, you know, the the things that you create that are not, you don't think are as good and say, I I had to do all of these that look really bad to get to this. That would be more realistic, wouldn't it?
1: But the important thing to remember there is that the, you had to do all of those to get this one because you've learned from those failures. And like you say, the word failure is, is the wrong word, really. They're lessons, you yeah. know, and, and it takes a few failures or lessons to get better. So, yeah, if you hadn't have done those um, drawings that went wrong, then you wouldn't have been able to do the drawing now because you, ha- you
2: wouldn't have learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing quite a lot of failures at the moment. <laughs> I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to learn watercolour, really loose watercolour. And I was going to share them and I thought, I think I'll wait just I've done a few more. So, you know, don't think that because you've been doing something a little while that what you produce is good because I've got quite a pile of ones at the show. It, it's not. <laughs> well, you experiment with so many different
1: types of art as well, don't you, Tara? I so do, you're yeah. always learning something new. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been an oil painter for now for years and and i'm very comfortable with oil paints and still life um experimental work is a different thing you know even if you're um an experienced artist in what you do you try a completely new medium and a completely different style just for a bit of fun you're not necessarily just going to be Great at it to begin with, just, it's going to be like being a beginner again. And so you're doing that a lot, aren't you, Tori? You're always experimenting, which is great, but then you're always going through that feeling of, oh no.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I guess that builds confidence because each yeah. time I try something, like I've maybe been doing this for a week or two, and, and after maybe oh, six or seven of them, I start seeing progress. So that builds my confidence a little bit that I can get there. You can do this. And even though the first one was completely pants, this one, Yeah, is not too bad. So definitely a confidence builder. That's great. It's funny
1: because when you, as soon as you get good at something, really good at it, you get bored, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you're like, right, I need to find something else to be bad at now, (laughs) and then you get really good at that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the cycle of life. It's true. Um, You guys mentioned something uh, earlier in our uh, interview about people with mental illnesses I think that also take part of this uh activities was it
2: yeah yeah we've we've had someone who's had dementia and then we've also had people who have depression someone who's um had you know had a quite a serious illness they're getting over Mm -hmm. and it's amazing to hear them because they say oh my, my life is now filled with color not not just because of what we've done but because you know they've started creating art on their own, then they've joined us and they've made friends. But you know, instead of being down all the time, they're now they've now got their paints out. They're creating things. I guess it's brought a level of confidence to them again. It's brought back what they were missing. I think they've lost their self esteem. Maybe some of them. And uh, yeah, just being able to paint and feeling like they're making progress. Yes, fantastic. Also, we have um, a
1: recovering, or I think there's more than one recovering alcoholic, actually, isn't there? And, and I think with that kind of problem, it's, it's a way of swapping one addiction for another, um, obviously one being a lot more healthy. Um, so that's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, it's, I'm not just talking about our group. There's other um, art groups or other people I've spoken to who have had that problem. And they say now, you know, my, my world has changed because now I have this other obsession. And it, my mind is not on, you know, drugs or drink, it's on drawing, you
0: know, so it's possible to get addicted to to art. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And it's very rewarding. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, Sandra and Tara, thank you so much for being with me today. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you if there's anything else you would like to add to our interview. The only thing I would say is if
2: someone is sitting there thinking they want to do something creative, don't put it off. I mean, I've just written a blog post. It's not up yet, but it's, it's you know, within 30 seconds from now, grab a pencil, draw something that's sitting straight in front of you. Don't, don't labor over it. Just do it. Or, you know, if you want to sing, just go and sing something or don't put it off. Just start it because that is the hardest thing, just making that start. And as soon as that's over with, you know, you've got that hurdle done and you can carry on. Yeah, and and just
1: don't be frightened because at the end of the day, what's the worst that can possibly happen? The worst that can possibly happen is you do a drawing that's terrible. You screw it up or you don't screw it up. You just put it away somewhere and try again and just keep trying again. And then one day in a few months' time, you can compare what you're doing to the first drawing you did and you'll see just how quickly you can improve. But it's, um, I think that it is something, if you take it up, that will, that can actually change your life.
0: I really believe that. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for being here. I'm going to leave our audience the links to Tara and Sandra's Facebook group and website uh, down here so you can search them. And if you're interested in joining their group, that would be awesome. And are we also,
1: uh, just, just um, quickly, we do also have a YouTube um, playlist called Art Kick Sundays, which are just little snippets of the kind of things we do. I'm um, very lighthearted, a bit bonkers, but if, if you want a little taster, then have a look, off over there and, and find us there.
0: Okay. So, YouTube link, I'm going to leave uh, here as well, and Instagram so you can follow them. And thanks again, Tara and Sandra, for being here with me. Thank you so much. Lovely thanks being for on. Having- yeah. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the Cape Fear community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.